You're listening to Consciously Crude. Unapologetic truths the collective is ready for. Granting permission for the incognito spiritual badass to dive deeper into the magic of their universe. Come out of the spiritual closet. Awaken your courageous heart. Step deeper into your divine power. These are the quantum upgrades your matrix is ready for. Let's dive deep. Hello, everyone. I'm Jasmine. I'm here with my girl, Amanda. And this is our second episode on why the fuck aren't you meditating already? (laughs) (laughs) This is so exciting. I'm so happy we're doing this episode. I remember looking at our list of ideas and I thought this needs to be one of our first episodes that we do. (laughs) Yeah, it's for sure. Definitely a tool that's made an impact on both of our lives. So let's dive into it. Totally. Well, let's, um, perhaps we should define uh, for our listeners, um, you know, what, what is your perspective of meditation, Jazz? I'm really interested to know, being that you're a meditation teacher and you do so much teaching of meditation, how do you define that for a student who's maybe just starting uh, or wants to know more? Yeah, I think simply put, uh, meditation is a practice of anchoring into the body in the present moment and observing your experience there. Okay. And so for someone who let's say um, also is heard about like the buzzwords around like mindfulness, um, you know, and things like this, is that the same thing? So I think you could argue yes and no, but for me, in my opinion, when you're talking about mindfulness, it's about being present in your experience. Yes. Um, But very much so through the experience of the mind and where meditation, as I defined, it's really about anchoring into the body. And so I think that's the main difference between mindfulness and meditation is with mindfulness, yes, you're in your experience and you're present, but with meditation, you're really grounding yourself into your physical body, which is a different experience than mindfulness. Can you maybe elaborate a bit on that? Because I'm actually curious too, to hear your, your experience of, because when, when I hear that, I hear like, almost like being in a mind state of witnessing and observing from um, almost like an out of body perspective where you can almost watch yourself going through the motions versus being in the experience, feeling it, experiencing it. Is that, is that fair to say? So I think that with meditation and having that be the experience of really being in the body, it's um, with the eyes closed and observing the experience. When I mean about being in the body is that's the experience that you're, that's, that's the, um, the area in which you're exploring. So when you're in a mindfulness practice, your eyes are open. And so your experience is very much what you're taking in through mm-hmm. your eyes and being processed through the mind. Right. But when you're sitting in meditation with your eyes closed, your experience is inwards. So you're going to start to have to observe different reactions from the body. Maybe your hips get really tight at first. Maybe you feel like you can't just sit there. Maybe your brain is going all different ways. And so um, that's what I mean by it's an experience of being really anchored into the body. Okay. I love that. that. Yeah, totally. Because in the, in the past, I, I totally would have fallen into the camp of the person that's like, oh, mindfulness, meditation, same thing. Like, they, they offer the same, uh, they offer the same outcome in the sense that if I'm in meditation, I might be very mindful or if I'm mindful, I might be quite meditative. And I was like, what's the real difference mm. between these two? And I'm really grateful that you've kind of 
help me to kind of uh, create a bit of a differentiation between them. Perfect. I'm glad I was able to (laughs) offer that. (laughs) Cool. Yeah. And I I know for myself, um, I, I, I think I started out with more of a mindful practice because, um, I still remember the day that someone recommended mindfulness. They were like, it's like looking at the table and noticing all the cracks in the table. And it's like noticing the smells in the air. And I'm kind of thinking like, what the hell is this person talking about? I had no idea what she Mm. meant. Um, But as I started practicing mindfulness more than anything, that created a relationship with the present moment. And it was almost like a gateway into meditation because it was, it was the, um, practice for me of, you know, as I was in traffic, noticing the environment around me and not getting stuck in, in, in the moment of like, you know, anxiety or, um, as I was in experience with a partner, being able to kind of observe, um, everything in the room instead of just what I thought was going on. And so it was kind of like this experience of expanding my awareness. And then because I had that expansion, I was able to go in and almost reflect inwards with a greater aptitude for to meditate. It was really interesting. Yeah, I, I really appreciate what you said there. And I think that's one of the tools that meditation gives us is that ability to zoom out hmm. and not be so in the experience, but to observe the experience. And from that place of observing, that's where we get to choose, right? That's where we get to be able to say, oh, here's this thing again that's coming up for me. How do I want to show up this time? Totally. Last time I showed up this way, it didn't really work. So let's try this on this time. Yeah, I love that. Mm -hmm. So right now we're in an interesting experience. And Mm -hmm. I wonder if you can offer us any insight um, from your perspective, because it's almost like we're in this big meditation. I totally agree with you. Oh my God, do I ever, do I ever feel that way? I feel as though, um, right now being in this, this global experience, there is more than ever a need for us to, to learn how to experience the present. Um, Mm -hmm. I've known for myself that throughout this entire, I mean, it's been about a month in that we're, that we're going through this and, um, notice how I just don't want to talk about it. I'm like, no, I'm not going to refer to it. I'm just like, it's an experience. <laughs> this experience. Um, you know, cause I'm like, ultimately, as soon as we label something and we say, this has been negative or positive, we create the story. And for me, I'm like, would this really, I mean, is it really any different for me to be in my house at home with my roommates and working on myself? I mean, I think that if anything, this has offered me more time to practice meditation and more than ever I've been meditating con- like so much more consistently and so much deeper, like for hours. Mm. Um, mm. And finding that with that room to really process what's happening, I'm receiving so much clarity so quickly because there's so much happening on an external level that if we're zooming out all the time, it's like there's so many things to consider. There's so many different possibilities, probabilities, timelines, theories. I'm like, oh my gosh, it just can create so much noise. And so when we get really caught up in all of the things that are happening, it almost creates a greater anxiety than, than is necessary because we cannot predict what's going to happen. And I think if anything, we're recognizing that that's always been the reality, but now we're like, 
oh shit, like we really cannot predict what the future holds. All we can do is be present in right now. And if we're mm-hmm. so caught up in the future, we're never really experiencing the present. So uh, meditation for me has been an experiencing of whatever is true for me in the present moment. Um, yeah, especially in my body and being able to move through and shift through whatever shows up without judgment, with discernment, with acceptance. Um, because I think that this is an ultimate relinquishing of control that we're experiencing. And we, we are going to feel um, one of two ways. We're either going to feel positively or negatively about it. And we ultimately get to make that choice. And I think that that choice comes with the conscious decision to create meaning, create meaning from this. And I think that for me, the the meaning that I'm creating is that this is an opportune time to move through a ton of stuff for myself that I've been um, perhaps unconscious to. And that's now showing up so clearly for me. How about yourself? Oh, yeah. I hear that so strong, especially the unconscious stuff. And you're like, oh, there it is now in my reality. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I feel like we need to back up just a little bit here okay. because we're talking about why aren't these people meditating and we're, we're going into all <laughs> these juicy reasons as why to, why meditation has been so good for us, which I think it's awesome. We've, we've pulled them in, but yeah. let's talk about some of the reasons why most people are like, Oh no, meditation can't do it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What are some of the things that you've heard? Oh, I love the one that is like, I'm not good at it. I'm like, congratulations. Mm. <laughs> so many of us are not good at things when we first start. Um, and you're not meant to be good at it or bad at it. It is it. Is it. Like, it is what it Meditation is. Meditation is an action of being, right. not an action of doing, right? And so if, if you're saying you're not good at it, there, there's nothing, you're not doing anything. It's nothing to be good at or bad at. It's, it's, uh, it's a practice. Yeah. Right. Right. It's like, what, what is the outcome you're looking for? Um, mm-hmm. And I think that, I mean, I would certainly be naive to be like, I have no outcome with meditating. Like I know that I am meditating mm-hmm. because I asked myself, why the fuck aren't I meditating? <laughs> All the people who have had like the most successful success stories that you ask them, like, what has been your key? What do they all say? Oh, I meditate. And I'm like, there's got to be some sort of consensus here because we're talking like world leaders. We're talking across time. We're talking people that are mass influencers. We're talking people that are like athletes, the average Joe, like it doesn't matter who you are. People refer back to this and say that it's been a major centering focus for them. So if I keep hearing this and I'm going, oh, well, I don't want to start because I don't really think I'm good at it. It's like, you're never going to get good at something by sitting there not doing it. Um, right. So it was, it was a major practice for me of, of just being able to be and not be good at it and, and be okay with that as well. Mm-hmm. And what does not be good at it look like? What does that mean? Oh God. Like I would start a timer, you know, I'd start to hear like some noise in the background. I'd get frustrated that it was too noisy Um, My cat would start bothering me. My hips would start feeling sore. I can't sit long enough. Oh, this is Mm. just, I don't have time for this. Like five minutes Mm. long, I have to get going to my meeting. Like just not offering myself the space to just experience all of those kind of, I guess, uh, like very normal things. (laughs) And notice- But wouldn't you- Go ahead. 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 
<laughs> Wouldn't you say that that w- was your meditation practice at that point? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Like, and, but I was like, this is not how people do it. People sit quietly in a room and they're like, there's nothing mm. in their mind and they're Zen and they feel great. And I don't feel like that. I feel like I'm, I'm having a panic attack sitting here and everything is driving me crazy. So I'm clearly not very good at it. So I'm not going to do it anymore. Um, until you someone- had an expectation of your, of the experience. And oh, yeah. when it wasn't that there was a judgment there. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I think what- that's pretty common. Yeah. I wonder how many other people feel that way. <laughs> yeah. Well, one of the things that I hear so much is like the monkey mind. Mm-hmm. I can't shut my brain off. Um, and so uh, my beautiful cousin, Alex Ewer, she said this during the big sit in Ottawa last summer. I don't know if you went to that out in Confederation Park. I did. I did. Yeah. I didn't know you guys were cousins. That's so awesome. <laughs> yeah, she's my little cuz. She's the cooler cousin. Uh, she said during that sit, asking the brain not to think is like asking the heart not to beat. Yeah. And I was like, that's perfect. Yeah. The mind's job is to keep us here and conscious and thinking and active and doing, right? That's the right. conscious mind's job. And so if we have the intention of sitting down in meditation to shut this mind off, well, baby, it ain't gonna work. No, you have to, yeah, it, it's, it's accepting, okay, my mind is overreactive. It is on this hamster wheel and I am thinking all these thoughts. I want to choose otherwise. So I'm going to draw my attention to my breath, to my heart space, to my mudra, to my mantra, whatever it is, to anchor myself there. And I'm going to practice that and practice that. And every single time I run off and I bring myself back, well, that's one repetition. And I'm strengthening that practice. Totally. Totally. Mm -hmm. And I find it so, um, yeah, it's like, it's such a practice of, learning about yourself and learning what your needs are because Mm. the mind, my understanding of the mind is that the mind is both conscious and unconscious. Mm -hmm. Right now, consciously we're here having this conversation unconsciously. My heart is beating. My brain is thinking and you know, I'm doing all kinds of different internal processes, including storing all of my memories. And when it comes to the, um, experiencing of the present moment there's so much that that we're unconscious to that we don't know we're actually experiencing um we have you know that reptilian brain the mammalian brain the frontal cortex we have um all different types of processing that are happening and when we slow down and notice we start to notice that there are different needs at these different levels so maybe there's the need to like sleep or maybe there's the need to emotionally connect with someone because we feel lonely. Maybe there's the need to um, create something really powerful because you want to matter. Like there's so many needs that we have coexisting at once. And just because we're not thinking about it doesn't mean it's not there. Um, I almost like to imagine my mind is like an entire like filing system, entire library of just memories and, and beliefs and values and all kinds of different meta programs that mm when we can slow down the body through conscious breathing, through intention, through sitting still, it is so natural and it is so 
clear that stuff will have to come up. Like you're not an automaton. You're not like a Mm -hmm. dead person inside. You're obviously going to have thoughts. (laughs) Mm. You're obviously going to have stuff come up. And so that monkey mind is actually um, not your enemy. It's, 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 uh, you know, one of my favorite quotes there, it says, I I didn't, um, you know, I didn't get rid of my ego. I became their friend. I didn't get rid of the monkey mind. I became friends with the monkey mind. I started to go, Hey monkey, like, what do you need? (laughs) What Mm -hmm. is it you're trying to do? Like, why are you doing that? Like, you know, Oh no, not over there. Come back this way. Like stop. You know, you're not driving the bus right now. I'm driving the bus, you know, and being able to, um, have a conversation with the self with that monkey mind. And then from there, so much is able to be experienced in the present because it's no longer about trying to get that mind to do something. It's just trying to, it's instead just witnessing that mind and being like, I'm with you right now. So what is it that you're ready to share with me? Right, right. And I think you touched on a very key part that is very challenging for a lot of people. And it's being able to have that bit of separation and not identify so much with that story and and with that monkey mind, right? Being able to observe it and love it instead of um, almost, I don't want to say victim in it, but like um, almost being like held captive by it. Right. Yeah. Like at the effect of your, of your own mind, at the effect of your own monkey mind, it's like, Oh, I, I can't help it like this. And, and to a degree, there is a, a level of truth in that. There are things that are unconscious to you that you aren't consciously doing. I think that things come to the conscious surface because we're ready to manage them. We're ready to start integrating them and taking responsibility for them and doing something with it. So, yeah. you know, it may not be your fault that when you were young, your dad was an asshole and, you know, now you have like problems relating to men or you know women or whoever but as an adult going like hey like you know that wasn't my fault when I was a kid and I'm an adult now and like I can't blame my dad for something that now I'm still doing with complete awareness of it so like what am I going to choose to believe about this and that takes a lot of um patience and truly courage to really look at the things the shadows the things that sometimes we don't necessarily like love to look at, but that are demanding our attention. Um, and through meditation, I think that actually is a major reason that people don't meditate is that they're yeah. like, I don't want to look at that. It's not nice. It's not shiny. It doesn't feel good. So no, thank you. Um, yeah. yeah. What would you, what would you say to that jazz? So I, I think that we're getting into a bit of a conversation about the conscious versus unconscious, which we have an episode coming up about, and we're going to dive yeah. into deeper. But I think that the, the main takeaway from that is, yeah, meditation is a practice of getting in touch with that subconscious or that mm-hmm. unconscious mind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a practice of um, really allowing what's there to rise to the surface of the conscious mind and for you to have a gateway into understanding it at a, at a deeper level at, or even at an, a new level, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that I'll back to mindfulness and meditation and why meditation is a much more powerful practice. It's, because when you're in a mind, you're able to tap 
tap into that subconscious mind. You're very much out there in the experience of the three. But in that meditative state and you're connecting into the body, I very much believe that the unconscious mind and the body are connected and are one and where we store trauma and emotions and energy in our unconscious well we're actually storing it in the tissues of the body and Mm -hmm. so when we sit in meditation those pains that are speaking to us in our body are very much related to the pains that are are within that unconscious mind so Mm -hmm. yes to answer that question it's another layer of difficulty for someone starting out to accept that meditation is not comfortable. Mm-hmm. And so how do you give yourself permission to do something that's not comfortable? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the person that's like, well, it's not for me. I didn't like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or I'm not doing anything. Yeah, yeah, huh? yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, what would you say as well to someone who, let's say, is experiencing almost like that analysis paralysis where they're like, where do I start? Like. I've heard that there's guided meditations. I've heard there's walking meditations. I can sit still. Like, how do you help someone um, who doesn't know how to how to start with meditation? Yeah, I think it depends on the person of that type of person. I think there's two different things that are happening here. So these types of people are very much in that conscious mind, right? They want the logical, rational, rational thing and the right way to go about it. Um, and so one, can I challenge this person to choose whatever they feel like choosing, because then I'm getting them to practice their intuition and removing them from their conscious mind a little bit, Mm -hmm. or, um, can I give them, uh, do, do I need to give this person some direction to give them that peace of mind that release some of that anxiety? Um, and you know, I don't think that it matters. I don't Mm -hmm. think that it matters if you start with guided meditations or, you know, mudra meditations or breath work i I, it doesn't matter whatever you feel called to or whatever comes into your experience is what's right is Mm -hmm. perfect yeah yeah i know for me it's kind of like i'm the type of person that wouldn't eat the same breakfast every morning (laughs) i have my Mm. favorites but i don't eat the same thing every day because sometimes i'm just like not feeling that right now so Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. there are times where like i sit down to do a guided meditation and i'm like oh my God, can this person shut the fuck up? Like with their like, <laughs> you ever like listen to someone breathing you're like, in, yeah, and you're like, <laughs> just like not feeling it that day. Yeah. Um, versus other times. And I'm very, very selective with who I allow into my unconscious program. So mm-hmm. sometimes I'll listen to someone who I really, really love as a teacher and then put on their track, you know, like four months later. And I'm like, Oh, like, how did I ever like this? Like it doesn't resonate with me anymore. And you know, mm. it's not that it's a bad, a bad meditation. It's just that like, it's not getting me to the place that I, that I'm, my ego is like, ah, that doesn't feel good anymore. I want to do something else. Um, yeah. You know, but I found that there's meditation in even like in eating, like you can have like a meal and be like eating so slowly and like, you know, smelling like every single bite and putting down your fork and chewing. And so mm. meditation, I think, it, it doesn't have to be reserved just for, at least in my perspective, it doesn't have to be reserved just for sitting still. There can be ways that you can tune inwards, close your eyes and be in your body um, without like a hypno track in the background or without like the sounds of the ocean. Um, 
you know, and sometimes, sometimes a walk in nature for me is like very meditative, but perhaps Mm -hmm. some might say it's more mindful, right? So it's like, Mm -hmm. is there really a difference? Does it really matter if someone's starting with mindfulness? Like, would you be like, that's good enough kind of thing? Yeah, absolutely. I I don't, (laughs) I think it's all relative to your experience and what you want to create for yourself. And that's going to depend on where you're at and where you want to go. Right. And so Mm -hmm. um, if you're looking to become a monk by next summer, then you better do five hours of silent meditation every single day. But if you're you're just wanting to not have so much brain fog or scattered mind uh, throughout your day, like maybe starting with 10 minutes in the morning every three days or something like that would help you. You know, there's no, it's an experience and an experiment. Um, And that's why it's, it all comes down to, and I really think that this is important when I work with my clients, is that ability to self-regulate and really figure out what works for yourself as an individual. Totally. Mm-hmm. Totally. I, I think about as well, um, Tim Ferriss talks about laughably achievable tasks or laughably mm-hmm. achievable goals. It's like, do one conscious breath. Right. right? Because it's like, can you, can anyone who's listening just right now, just like inhale and exhale. And like, what did you notice? Like that's, that can be your meditation for the day. If that's all you do, like, congratulations, you did great. Um, Yeah. And, and building from there. One of the things that I offer clients that specifically are, are wanting to be more grounded and present and less anxious Um, is when you're going throughout your day and you're switching tasks, Mm -hmm. take a moment to breathe into your heart space, feel Mm -hmm. your heart expand and release. And it's, it's a moment, right? And it's a simple task, but when someone is very much in their mind space, it tells me that they're task, 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 right? And so to be able to take a pause in between that, those, those spaces um, can be quite challenging for that person. Yeah. And so that's why it's really important to remember, like it's all relative and it's all wherever that person's at and whatever their goal is. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. But I think that that is such a beautiful piece of advice is to breathe into the heart. And even we yeah. did that before we started today's podcast. Like we took, we were both kind of coming in from different appointments. We're like, let's just take 10 minutes just to breathe, ground, be here. and. Mm-hmm. Then it was like instant, we were able to move to the next thing. And something that I'd been thinking about got completely cleared up in my mind. It was like something that I didn't even know I was thinking about was came in through that meditation. I was like, oh, okay, that's getting taken care of. Thank you. But I would have been unconsciously thinking about it. And but it would have been driving my behavior today without actually giving it the space to be heard, mm. which is wild. Um, mm. So Beautiful. perhaps... Jazz, maybe you could share with our listeners, like, what have been some of like the most profound uh, experiences and and learnings that you yourself have received through your own meditation practice? How much do we want to freak people out here? (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, freak them out. out." (laughs) Um. I think when you get to a certain point with your meditation practice, um, it really becomes a place of exploration and play. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, before I dive into that, I, I think meditation as a whole has given me a direct communication with my intuition and my spiritual team. Mm-hmm. Anytime I feel confused about an issue here in the 3D world, I'm able to enter a space of meditation where I can find clarity and insight without needing to think or use my conscious mind to be able to download and receive information from my highest self. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So um, for those who don't know what, like when you say like your, your team, like what do you mean by that? Uh, My spiritual team. Mm -hmm. So my spiritual team, we all have them are made up of different energetic beings, if you will. Uh, so they can be ancient ancestors, they could be archangels, guardian angels, they could be past loved ones, um, they could be you know, spirit guides or different gods and goddesses. Um, yeah. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> Everything is energy, right? So it's like whether Everything. or not it's like physically here. I mean, I think that when you, even if for the person that's kind of like, oh, well, I don't know if that makes sense. It's like, okay, well, if you were to just even say like, I call upon the energy of the warrior, like you're going to embody, you're deciding in that moment to embody that energy. So Mm -hmm. even to say like, I'm calling upon the energy of support creates Mm -hmm. this like, like I'm supported in this. Like I got this. Right. And, And when we don't practice meditation, we are already doing this, but not in a way that serves us. Right. So we, th- we think, oh, I'm going to go get angry now. <laughs> you know? I'm going to call upon this anger. Yeah, yeah. And rain down on this person. Anyway. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so, so for experiences, um, I've had some pretty crazy experiences in terms of having types of different types of conversation with these different types of cosmic beings, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, But personally, some of my favorite experiences in solo meditation is when I'm able to channel information from inanimate items. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love (laughs) love you. (laughs) Uh, Crystals are a fun one. Um, Whenever I connect with different crystals, I not only receive a message, but I also receive um, that message delivered with a specific voice and attitude. I love that. Who's <laughs> yeah. been your favorite? Um, my peacock ore has this really like sassy, uh, big, <laughs> bold, brassy, like, you are so powerful. I think you're going to like dominate the world. <laughs> kind of like that. <laughs> so yeah, so those are my uh, crazy experiences. What about you? Well, to, t- to touch on when you were saying like that anger, where it's like you don't go like, I'm going to go get angry now. Mm. Probably one of, if not the most profound meditation that I ever did was an anger meditation. Oh, yes. And we put on, it was at a, it was at a, a leadership um, workshop. We put on like tribal music, like heavy, like drumming. And the facilitators were so embodied and they were like, you're going to get up there. You're going to go get angry. You're going to start smashing this. Like it was like Mm. a pillow, like a bolster with Mm. a wooden dowels with a stick. And they're like, just start like 
getting angry. And I remember thinking, I'm like, man, I don't know if I like have an anger to uh, tap into here. Cause you know, I hear people screaming like, ah! like, you know, <laughs> yelling at the top of their lungs. And I'm like, I don't know if that feels good for me. Um, and I think I was, you know, fourth in line. And I remember this other guy goes up right before me and he starts just screaming, fuck, and just starts screaming the F word and screaming it and just smashing this thing. And I'm like, oh, that is how I want to tap into my anger. Um, <laughs> there it is. There's that it, fire. Oh, it came out real easy. Um, we'll just say that. <laughs> and so it was, it was screaming just profanities at this, at this pillow. I'm like, hopefully they sage the pillow after because I wouldn't want to use that <laughs> after in meditation. But um, yeah, what a powerful experience because I talk about like when people think about meditation, what they're looking for, that like complete, like nothing going on. Mm. That literally happened. I sat for mm. must have been it must have been hours because it felt like probably 20, 30 minutes, but truly it was mm. probably like an hour. Where right after I did that and I felt my blood boil so heavy, it was complete clarity, complete silence in my mind. I just laid on the grass, I took deep breaths, it cleared out. And by the time it was over, I was like, I could lie here forever. Literally mm. forever. It felt like mm. it felt like complete peace and bliss. And I had never mm tapped into that before through anger, it was um, next level amazing. So that was one of my most profound meditations. And I'm like, I've been craving that. I've been craving to feel that again. I honestly spend a lot of time releasing through screaming. Um, mm -hmm. I'll either draw a bath and like put my head underwater and scream. Um, or like if I'm taking a drive, sometimes I just scream in the car and just like keep screaming till it, like my voice will literally crack. But I'm like, well, I just need to get this out of my body. And it's so necessary, I think, sometimes to tap into that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, have you ever experienced the Osho dynamic meditation? You told me about it and I so want to do it. Yeah, so I, the first time I did it, I um, Jean-Luc Bozenat facilitated and it was great. And then I facilitated it a couple times as well. And is three or four, no, four different stages and you're doing each one for 15 minutes. So it's an hour long meditation. Mm. The first one you're jumping up and down and you're saying the words from a very like guttural place. Who? Like you're mm. who, 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 and you're getting into the like beat with it. Right. Oh, and then so after funny. 15 minutes of that, then you go into 15 minutes of raging out anger. Yeah. And then after that, 15 minutes of stillness, and then finally, 15 minutes of a static dance where you just allow your body to move how it wants to move and oh. let your heart take you on this like beautiful experience. It's that is amazing. amazing. Yeah. Maybe I'll do that tonight in my basement. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> my neighbors, like, you know, just doing some dynamic meditation. No one's dying down here, but yeah. you can join us. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So meditation is not boring. Our no, I love meditation. listeners. Yeah. <laughs> start meditating. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. Definitely start meditating and all the things that your mind is coming up with that's uh, giving you reasons why you shouldn't meditate, start to look at that and call yourself out and uh, really start to see if you can cultivate a practice around this of, of sitting and observing your beautiful being. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'd love to conclude the podcast today just maybe giving a couple different ways in which like breath and breath work can really change the game. Okay. Can you speak a bit to that and then I can share some of my insights. 
Hmm. Why don't you start? Okay. Will do. So, <laughs> so basically we have, um, this comes from my yoga background, but ultimately we have um, a sympathetic nervous system and a parasympathetic nervous system. And your nervous system is what we were talking about, this mind, this unconscious mind. And it's a network of all of your neurons, all of your nerves, and it's running throughout your entire body and it's sending information. And your sympathetic nervous system is your fight, flight, like, you know, it's basically the action. It wants to go, go, go. Um, we tend to spend a lot of time in this culture, this society in sympathetic state because um, even just being on our phones, like having something that is chronically inducing that go, go, go experience um, which makes it so important for us to uh, be in the parasympathetic to help balance that out. And the parasympathetic state is our rest and digest. And it's our ability to create calm, to restore, to receive, to feel good. Um, and there has been for a long time some form of uh, rejection within our society around what it means to be in that yin it's like we got to be in the yang but we can't be in the yin like god forbid we ever stop god forbid we ever rest i'll rest when i'm dead um and unfortunately it's really 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 bad for us it doesn't work for us to be always in that state it is like always taking an inhale with without ever taking an exhale um and so when we're meditating we are cueing that parasympathetic system we are teaching the body that it is in a place of safety, that it doesn't have to fight its environment, and that it can actually relax. And in this receiving is where the work is actually done, which is kind of the cool thing is that we think we're not doing anything. The reality is you're actually doing more for yourself by resting. And trust me, I tell myself this all the time. I'm like, do not feel guilty. You need the rest because it actually is what you need to be able to do the things you want to do. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. (laughs) And again, I think that's so speaking to this experience that is current to our time. And, and we have been a society that feeds off profit and production. And now we are put to a stop. And a lot of us aren't really sure on, on how to handle that experience. So when we practice meditation, we able, we're able to lengthen our ability to accept a broader amount of experiences, including ones that uh, sometimes we might view as a society as negative. It's it's just us naming that and it's really just an experience. Totally agree. Yeah. 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 Beautiful. Awesome. I think that's all we have to say. I think so too. I think that just about wraps it up. So... (laughs) If uh, anybody has any questions, comments, please do connect with us or comment in the comment section. Um, and, <laughs> and we really look forward to sharing Consciously Crude perspective uh, again. So stay tuned for the next episode. And until then, take care and trust yourself. Thanks for tuning into the show this week. We are so grateful for another opportunity to dive deep with you. If you want to connect with us even further, head to our website, www.consciouslycrude.com. There you will find how to get in touch with both of us, 
upcoming events and workshops, and links to our social media platforms. We always welcome your input, so feel free to comment your questions, make guest suggestions, and let us know what you learned. And it is so, so, so appreciated that you please rate, comment, and share so we can grow this conscious collective platform. With gratitude, Amanda and Jazz.